You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. Hey, it's Danger Dean. Now hit my music. Welcome to Hit My Music, the show where we talk about music, wrestling, and the space where those two things meet. My guest this week is Danger Dean. Danger Dean is a wrestler who I have come to know from his time wrestling in my home state of Colorado. He has recently moved up to the Pacific Northwest and has been beating people up up there in uh, in Seattle and, and thereabouts. Welcome to the show, Dean. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great to finally link up and and uh, get to work together a little bit here. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited about this, excited to talk about your background with music. This is going to be a really interesting episode. What a lot of people probably don't know, Danger Dean is not just a wrestler. He is also a radio personality. He spent a lot of time in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, Magic 98, is that correct? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, uh, 98.9 Magic FM. Okay, all right. Um, and now, uh, are you DJing up in up in uh, the, the Washington area? Um, right now, just with the the state of kind of how everything is with COVID especially, um, it kind of curtailed a lot of jobs. And as far as the industry goes itself, it's kind of um, struggling, I would say, at the moment. Sure. Uh, so not at the moment, no, I've, I've kind of, you know, doing what you're doing just kind of exploring the world of podcasting and and all of that stuff just trying to to keep active and keep my chops chops you up go. you know all right well i hope i hope you find something you know because it's always that. good to it's always good to you know ply that trade um so yeah let's uh let's talk about music um and we're going to talk kind of early life um i know for me personally my parents were a big arbiter of kind of what i listened to as a kid um is that true for you as well you know, when I was a kid, I didn't really know there were other types of music outside of what my parents listened to. Yep. Um, my mom listened to country, and, and I was born in 1982, so that okay. kind of gives you a, a time frame there. Uh, my mom listened to country music, and my dad listened to what I now refer to as the golden oldies, like <laughs> music from the 50s and the 60s. Right. Um, so those two genres of music, I, re- I I won't lie, probably made it to the age of ten or eleven, thinking that that was really the only music out there. All right. Well, you you kind of answered the next question, and I was going to say I was going to ask, do you remember when you started making your own musical decisions? Oh man, yeah. It, it, in in a lot of the those decisions that you know were influenced by my parents, they still went into you know a lot of. You know, like my dad's music, it went into then like classic rock. So uh, Aerosmith was one of my first favorite bands on on like the rock side where like Garth Brooks was my favorite country artist. And and both of those still kind of stand to this day. Nice. Yeah. All right. Very good. So, yeah, that's so you're a couple of years younger than me. Um, you know, I'm sort of in that, uh, that mid eighties in terms of like when I started listening to my own music and that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I was also like Garth Brooks was like the only country music, uh, personality that I was like, yeah, I kind of like him. Um, and then my, like my, my dad listened to the, to what you refer to as the golden oldies as well. And then like when I was in high school, he started listening to like old country like patsy klein and george jones which was such a weird switch yeah Um, he didn't like my dad kind of progressed with with you know the music so he listened to what he listened to growing up and then eventually you know like i said he moved to the 70s he never really made it into the 80s and out and out of that or (laughs) anything like he's not listening to juice world or or uh, you know anything like that nowadays but yeah he uh he he kind of stayed that path. Yeah, jumping right to, I mean, it kind of stays in the same path. Like he he stayed with the the older genre, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, do you remember? So would Garth Brooks or Aerosmith? Would those be like your first favorite artist or band, or would it be somebody from 
one of those other sides from your parents? So when it, when I first started liking my own music, the first album that I bought because I just absolutely fell in love with the band was Aerosmith Permanent Vacation. So okay. Aerosmith was like my first favorite band. Uh, and, and, I, and I mean, I can tell you like <laughs> just listening to that album, there's and, and I bought it because I had heard Dude Looks Like a Lady and I just liked the, the song. Sure. And, and, and at that point, too, it was, you know, the 90s. It was, you know, the beginning of the 90s. So uh, that that song was featured in a whole bunch of movies. Right. And so I had, I had figured out what album it was rather than buying soundtracks, which I ended up later in life doing like a like a weirdo. I just bought soundtracks for like all the movies. <laughs> I like. <laughs> but I, I bought the, the album itself and then ended up really loving the whole the whole thing. Hangman Jury from that album is is still probably one of my favorite uh, Aerosmith songs. Is Ragdoll on permanent vacation? No. It's either that or Pumped. Okay. Or uh, pumped. Ragdoll, Ragdoll is probably my is probably Oh, Ragdoll. I'm sorry. Song. Ragdoll is permanent vacation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Um, that and Janie's Got a Gun, which is Pumped, but... That's Pumped. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, how did your tastes evolve? Um, what did what did you start listening to as you got older? And were you influenced by friends or the radio or? I, I love honestly, this is like probably one of my favorite like podcast ideas to do because of, of this kind <laughs> of conversation. Because when I was younger, once once I started finding music on my own, I just fell in love with music. Um, uh after that, I ended up becoming a humongous fan. Uh, and this probably lasted once I found Aerosmith and stuff, and then I became like a part of the MTV generation. So I, I would just watch everything mainstream. Um, and then, while at the same time, uh, I would listen to the radio. I would listen to uh, you're from Denver, correct? Uh, well, I, I didn't grow up here, but I mean, I've lived here for about the last 20, 25 years. Aerosmith, you know, because it, it was more of the rock genre, I, I gravitated more to rock music. And at that time, 106.7 KBPI, uh, there was a rock station. I think now it's country, but uh, at the time it was a rock station. And they had a morning show that uh, featured three guys that were just insane. Uh, the morning show was great. One of them actually gave me the name Danger Dean later in life because oh, I ended nice. up working with him. Yeah, so it kind of be, kind of came full circle. So the, the my my radio aspirations, my wrestling aspirations, my love for music, they, those things were all kind of uh, bundled all into to one package, which is again why I I love the idea for the the show here. But uh, the older I got, then I started uh, listening to Metallica. So where Aerosmith was my first favorite band, I think Metallica was my first favorite obsession. Okay. So when I was like 14, 15 years old, 13-ish, 14, I would take all of my allowance money and I would go to – and I grew up in Castle Rock, which is between Colorado Springs and, and Denver. And, I know uh, it well. I, they, at the time when I was younger, they didn't have any big chain stores or anything, like maybe a Safeway and a Walmart, but they didn't have any music stores except for one local store, which is still open uh, in downtown Castle Rock called Bogey's West. And I would take my allowance money to this place and I would pump all of it into uh, rare B-cut Metallica albums and, and <laughs> things that weren't like mainstream released. And and uh, I mean, if, they, if Metallica released it at any point in their career, I owned at least a piece of it or a portion of it um, <laughs> when, I, when I was a young teenager. So. Very good. Very good. Yes, uh, Bogies is still there. Um, I believe they do a, a pretty solid vinyl business these days. I mean, when I was a kid, that was their they, they were thick in the vinyl then. Okay. They, their vinyl, I think, was still their their bread and butter. Uh, and I mean, again, this is dating me, but I, I moved to uh, Castle Rock when I, in 1988. So, okay. uh, and I mean, it's it's been there since I was a kid. So, nice. I mean, there you go. yeah. I'm glad you – I'm super stoked you you know what bogeys is. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I live in – and this is going to be super nerdy for people who aren't from Colorado. Uh, I live in northern Douglas County, so right around the Lone Tree Highlands Ranch area. Okay. Um, and I used to do musical theater in Castle Rock with a group called Castle Rock Players that did all of our – we did all of our shows at uh, Douglas County High School. Cool. And, okay. Um, I mean, I lived, so I grew up in the neighborhood right next to the school. Oh, okay. 
that's the, right at the base of the rock. Right. Is, uh, is where I, uh, where I grew. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, do you remember the first concert you went to? Metallica. That's kind of what I was assuming. <laughs> yep. Um, it was, uh, it was the, the load tour. Okay. So I was just, I think I was, I was either 14 or 15. I can't really do the math, but, uh, yeah. First concert. Well, if we want to get down to it, technically it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we won't, we won't, uh, we won't count. Oh, I love it. First official concert. But, oh, uh, love it. which by the way, uh, that concert slapped. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't see coming out of their shells when you were a kid, you missed out completely. You missed the whole enchilada, man. That's but, awesome. uh, <laughs> no, Metallica Low Tour. And it, that, that concert blew my mind there they the finale right before the encore they didn't just stop playing and then do the regular encore stuff that that you would normally see they were playing i think i think they were playing enter sandman and the whole stage set area blew up and this is at the old mcnichols arena okay and the whole stage collapses it blows up people are falling out of the ceiling running around on the stage on fire it was i don't know can we can we cuss here yeah go ahead go for it it was it was fucking calamity and probably the best five minutes of any kind of live event i've ever seen it was <laughs> it was absolutely bad shit and to the point where i thought that this was not a part of the show i thought the stage was falling down wow <laughs> and so uh they they finish enter sandman the stage blows up it goes dark they come back on on these like auxiliary speakers like it's real grainy kind of hard to hear and then they they end up playing, and I wish I could remember exactly what songs they played. Uh, but they did play a couple of, like old school covers, and then they played like some stuff from like slower stuff from like the Black Album. It just had that cool ambiance because of the sound and, and all of that. So that that set my expectations for every concert I would see after that. Um, <laughs> I was really really disappointed in life later to learn that that was actually uh, a staged thing and oh, not you know, just by chance i just didn't happen to see something awesome what do you mean everybody got to see that same thing happen well whoever anybody who went to that tour right. throughout that that year got yeah. to see it all right um how did you get into radio so when i was a kid this is this is funny i was i like telling this story because uh when i was younger the three things that i i wanted to be i was dead set on on wanting to do i wanted to be a professional wrestler I wanted to work on the radio and I wanted to be the lead singer of a rock and roll band. Those were like the, the three things I wanted to do with life. Um, the radio thing never really left my body. Like I said, when I was a kid, I, I you know, kind of into my teens, I was listening to the, this uh, morning show on a rock station that just like, they had a, a an intern that they would just abuse the hell out, oh, man. make him do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I loved it. I thought it was great entertainment, you know? And, I always wanted to be that that guy that you know people listen to in the morning that made them laugh and and all of that stuff. So it was something I was tossed around. And uh, when I graduated, I actually uh, went to high school with um, uh, Sheena. She works on KYGO in in Denver. Her and I actually grew up. We were really close together. Uh, if we want to talk about music really quick, it it ended up evolving from um, Metallica. And I don't know. I'm gonna throw a curveball, and we can put a pin in this and come back to it if okay, you want. But uh, sure. I was a, I was a juggalo towards the oh, okay. late. So so uh, uh, Sheena and I, um, uh, we hung out when we were younger. We went to all the ICP concerts, all of that. And when we were getting close to graduation, she had asked me, you know, what are you thinking about doing it when you graduate? And I was like, well, there's this broadcasting school in Lakewood, Colorado, called the Ohio Center for Broadcasting. I'm thinking about going there. It's like a nine month program. And she was like, oh, wow, radio. Cool. She was like, you know, she, she was like, man, that sounds like a great idea. Maybe I, I would give that a shot. Or, I mean, it didn't go exactly like that. But, you know, she kind of said that that would interest her as well. Sure. And I ended up graduating about a year before she did. And when I graduated, I, I did not uh, I was not um, <laughs> active in my uh, my educational uh, aspirations, we'll just put it that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, she ended up graduating about a year later, and she went right to the school and ended up getting hired in the Springs. And uh, for uh, at the time, it was Clear Channel. Now it's iHeart. <clears throat> and uh, she's telling me, yeah, you know, go to the thing and go to the, go to the school if you get a chance. Because I, you know, we kept in touch. And I told her, you know, I'm still thinking about going. And she's like, go to the school and, you know, maybe I can help get you an internship that, 
I was like, sweet, let's do it. So I, I went to the school and I got my internship uh, internship set up about halfway through the program. Uh, it started in August. I got my internship. She got me the internship down in, in Colorado Springs. I was living in Castle Rock, going to school in Lakewood and, and doing my internship in Colorado Springs. So okay. I was like, so, over. yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with Colorado geography, uh, that's a those are very disparate ends of yeah. a of a sort of I mean it's not quite a straight line because Lakewood you have to veer off over to the west. Um, yeah. but Colorado Springs is about 60 miles north or south of Denver. Yep. Castle Rock is about 15 miles south of Denver. So Castle Rock to Colorado Springs is about 45 minutes. And then Castle Rock to Lakewood would probably be what? Another 40 minutes? Yeah, about forty-five minute drive okay. uh, to and from, and, and wow. then back then there wasn't as much traffic, so well, that's it true. really wasn't it wasn't as gnarly. But uh, but yeah, I used to I used to you know I would I would go down there, and uh, so I started August of '03. I started at broadcasting school. Um, I think by October I got my internship, and then by January of '04 they had hired me on the promotions team and were giving me. Uh, overnight uh, weekend spots and stuff like that. Nice. So, yeah, just it, 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 and it all it all goes back to just music. I just I loved music and and you know <laughs> I listened to the radio because of music. And, sure, and was all those things. I ended up getting to do all those things except for being a singer in a band, which I never <laughs> never got to do. But if you take me out, uh, you know, to a bar or or on the town and there's karaoke, I will tear the place down i promise you well next time you're in denver i'm gonna hold you to that we'll let's, go i let's just do I, it the last time i was out i went out with uh uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna name drop here uh <laughs> as far as the the wrestling uh colorado wrestling scene goes but i went out with cody divine okay lonnie valdez and uh bruce rogers and we tore it up this was nice. just a couple months ago so yeah it was uh, next time i'm in town i'll get a hold of you Absolutely. And, uh, let's out. do it. Some Miley Cyrus, bro. <laughs> let's leave Cody at home, though. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll leave Cody at home. <laughs> All right. So, so you sing? Do you play any instruments or anything like that? No. So I was a I was a choir kid. That okay. was kind of like the, the other piece of that. I same when I was when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. I I you know was lazy about my electives and I got stuck in choir class which at first i was like this is awful who wants to be in choir class i'm a i'm a boy but then <laughs> i got to class and i was i was like oh i'm i'm one of six boys right. amongst like 30 girls Absolutely. i was like honestly choir's pretty pretty dope so uh, yeah choir was awesome and then <laughs> i ended up uh you know i started kind of taking it seriously about halfway through the year and then i had a the piano teacher uh who play there we would do uh you know performances as a group then i had a solo at the end of the year and i was really uh nervous about doing it and he like i i, I feel like a jerk because i don't remember his name uh, and it might hit me later on but uh, sure. he, he ended up pulling you know i told him i was like man i'm scared about like singing in front of people and and he told me and it was the first time i got like confidence to like sing in front of people and, and i'll never forget it he was like dean if anybody makes fun of you because you sing in front of them he was like you tell them that their ass is grass and I'm the lawnmower. And I was like, <laughs> that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. So it, he's, he's it, cutting it, wrestling it, promos. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and then to top it off, if you're a saved by the bell person, he, uh, he looked just like Mr. Tuttle from, nice. uh, from nice. uh, saved by the bell. And he didn't sound like Mr. Tuttle, but he sure, sure as hell looks like. That's great. That's great. Uh, what do you listen to now? Well, actually, no, but you know what? I'm going to pause. I'm gonna, we're going to come <clears> back to that. I want to go back to the pin. So yeah. you were a juggalo. I was a juggalo. So when uh, I was like know, probably 16 years old, I had a group of friends that had started listening to the Insane Clown Posse. And right. I had heard about them. And, and I mean, it was kind of like, what the hell? Like clowns that rap? Like uh, we didn't get it. And then the friends that we had that listened to them, we, you know, we joked with them and clowned on them a little bit. No pun intended. But then uh, – it ended up where we hung out, and I ended up listening to them. I listened to uh, Riddle Box, was like the first album of theirs I heard okay. that I really liked. Was like, oh shit, I kind of like this. Um, I was always kind of a weird kid, kind of a loner. Uh, <clears throat> I only had, excuse me, I only had a small circle of friends, and so 
their music and their lyrics and what they talked about really kind of connected with me and on like a really deep level. So it, it, it really, I kind of progressed from being a Metallica fan right into being uh, a juggalo. Okay. So, and then, and it got to the point where like, I think I, I would go to the, I shaved my head at that time. And I, my friend Sheena actually, uh, that I was telling you about earlier, who was uh, in radio still, she would paint our faces and she was such a great artist. Uh, she would paint our faces like you know shags and, and violet J, and uh she did such an amazing job and she would always paint my face to look like too dope and i i had just shaved my head so i looked just like the guy nice. and uh we would go to shows and we would it's always the same crowd it's kind of like a wrestling crowd um doesn't matter where the shows are it's always the same group of people sure and so whenever i would go to the concerts people in the in the line and, and other fans of the group would call me Call me Shags or Tudo because I look just like him and, nice. and all of that. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I spent a lot of money and a lot of time. I got to meet him. Uh, I went to the very first JCW show in, in uh, Denver, which okay. was at the Mammoth Theater at the time. Uh, now it's the Fillmore. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and a weird transition too is being a wrestling fan and then watching Insane Clown Posse show up. It, it was like mind blowing. Yes. You know? Yes, it was. Um, I, I was not what I what I would refer to as a full-fledged juggalo. I was a fan of the music. Um, I never got to see them live. I've never I never really painted up or anything. Um, but I was a I was the fan of the music and I did listen to it. I bought I remember I, I got into them right when the controversy happened around Great Malenko. Yeah, the Disney thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was like my that was like between my my freshman and sophomore year of college. Um, and like, I, I remember like just really digging it and, um, but I kind of fell out of it pretty quick. So. Yeah. I think that, so that album was popular when I had started listening to them. So it, it had been out. Um, so I had listened to that one as well. So this was probably like 98, I would okay. say 97. Sure. Maybe. And, uh, so that, so, uh, that, the great Malenko had just been released. Uh, but the riddle box, yeah, was the first one that that I had gravitated to. Uh, the funny thing about the Great Malenko was that the song that everybody loved from that from that song was the the dating game show song, right? Uh, like yeah. everybody loved that song, and I loved it too. And when you get the album and you see what the name of the song is, it's called the Netted Game, right? Which you know it's one of their vulgar terms for a, you know lady part, but. <laughs> My last name happens to be Needens, which is spelled <laughs> the same exact way as Nedin without the S. So, or with the S rather. So it's right. Nedin is N-E-D-E-N. And my last name is N-E-D-E-N-S. Oh, so, boy. As a kid, it was like, this is, uh, I, I kind of actually felt like it was, you know, <laughs> divine intervention okay. on the, on the crown. Right path because my name was the name of their song that's even though it wasn't exactly something i was thrilled with but, right yeah. yeah that's that's definitely a, a sword that cuts both ways but yeah all right uh so since you're a wrestler i'm sure that you're in the gym on at least a regular on a fairly regular basis uh do you have specific playlists or music that you listen to um when you're working out um Honestly, I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to music as weird as it So I don't, the, all the gym stuff that I do is, uh, in my, in my older fragile age, I'm, I don't do much, much heavy weightlifting, sure. um, much more calisthenics, yoga, um, stretching. I'm trying to get more into the yoga stretching side of things, um, as more injuries and things that I, that I find myself having to nurse. But, um, I actually have found more that, uh, I like listening to, um, podcasts or, or if I do, if it's something where I can like watch a show just because if I'm listening to music while I'm working out it, I don't know it's, it kind of sounds weird to say, but it kind of gives me anxiety. Like oh. I have to, like I have to do something within a certain amount of time. I don't know. It's, it's really weird to explain, but, but yeah, uh, I, I, pre I prefer to listen to like stories and okay. kind of get and kind of lose time that way. I can I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I hate the gym. Sure. <laughs> so. I can understand that. Um, I so if I'm if I'm walking on the treadmill, I definitely prefer something that's gonna that's gonna make me lose that that's gonna make me lose that time. Um, I I do like running to music. 
Uh, like I have specific playlists for however long I'm going. Um, but yeah, I, I could totally, I can totally get that. You know, and if, if I do, cause I mean, that's not every time. If I do feel like listening to music, a lot of times I'll throw on like a nineties rock playlist. Sure. And then, and then I'm like, oh, okay. And then that'll, you know, it's got a good pace to it or, or anything. I don't like anything too like aggressive or, or on, on the flip side, I don't like bubblegum stuff while I'm working out either, which right. I'm, I, I like listening to that stuff normally. It's just not while I'm working out. Sure. Um, since wrestlers have a tendency to travel a lot, what about road trip playlists? Oh, man. So I've, <laughs> I, if I'm driving, I now here's the deal. If I, I believe and I'm a firm believer is whoever is driving picks the music. Sure. Um, now, if you're a cool person like me, I'll, I'll let people just kind of, dj and stuff like that right if if you don't i've got a playlist that i play on my own it's a sprinkle of i mean everything it's country um there's like a you know golden oldies there's you know 90s rock there's current music in there there's all kinds of stuff that i i just kind of throw in as as i go on you know uh probably more more nostalgic stuff for me than anything but um you know, I think my playlist that I have, just my personal playlist, is like twelve hours worth of music of just nice. random shit. So, <laughs> all right, um, that is all I've got for the early life stuff. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about wrestling. Excellent. So we're back with Danger Dean, and we're gonna talk about wrestling and music in wrestling. So, when did you first get into wrestling? So I got into wrestling in 2008, uh, probably about April or May of 2008, um, when I uh, was working in radio. Uh, there was a sales guy who came up to me and he was like, hey, you know, there's wrestling coming to town in a couple months. And I was like, yeah, the uh, World Arena, they've got, you know, SmackDown. And he was like, no, no, no. He was like, there's this local guy who's bringing in local talent and he's got Dr. Death Steve Williams. And he and I was like. Oh, I did not know about this. And he was like, yeah, and he's, he came to the radio station. He's asking for help or if anybody would be interested in like lending a hand or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, yeah, I'm totally down to help. What did you want to do? And he, you know, we kind of kept in touch with through this one sales guy. And uh, he was like, yeah, he said you could do whatever you want. And I was like, well, you tell your guy I want to wrestle. So he comes back to me and he's like, yeah, we have, the, he came back and he's got this idea. Said the main event is going to be a battle Royal, which the last man standing is going to be crowned the company's champion. And he was like, so they've got this guy who's like 400 plus pounds. And what you're going to do is come down to the ring in the middle of the match. And you're going to be, you know, doing the radio. Like I'm better than you. Like, what is this cool crap? Blah, blah, blah. You're going to talk shit on the, on the mic. Big guy's going to grab you and he's going to lift you up and throw you out onto a group of guys that had already been eliminated. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I was like, absolutely <laughs> sign me up. I was like, I'm gonna my first ever time being in a wrestling ring. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna in a championship match. I was like, this is amazing. And so uh, I told him I'm in. And then uh, they uh, arranged a meeting for anybody who was interested at the radio station. And uh, the guy came in. It was Brandon Bishop um, uh, from uh, Colorado Springs, and he was starting or uh, he had started asylum championship wrestling elsewhere, Oklahoma, Texas, but he was, he brought his Colorado Springs and, uh, it was laying it down for us, but he was like, you know, we've got Dr. Death, Steve Williams. And I'm like, like the real Dr. Death. And he's like, yeah, he lives in Lakewood. I was like, holy shit. Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, I'm super geeked about it. There's a few other people that are pretty excited about it as well. And we get done with the meeting and, uh, Brandon pulls me aside and he's like, you know, uh, he's like, I'm watching you through that meeting. And he's like, you're just, I can tell you're like super geeked about wrestling. And I'm like, yeah, man, I love it. I've watched it since I was a kid. And he's like, well, we, we have this spot, you know, where you can, you know, that we talked about that you can come out and, you know, get thrown out by the big guy. And he was like, or he was like, what I'm looking for and what I need on my show is a ring announcer. And he was like, I don't want just a straight laced ring announcer that just stands there and announces the ring. And at that time they had that wrestling society X show on MTV. Right. And, uh, and he was like, I'm looking for a guy with that kind of energy. He was like, I want a guy that's going to get the crowd riled up on the ropes, kind of more like, you know, in your face and more of a personality than just the voice. And I'll, and he was like, and I'm watching you, you're super, you look super excited. And he's like, and I, you're, you know, you're young, you're good looking. Uh, you know, I, I, I threw the good-looking part in my, myself there, but uh, he he was like, I think you'd be great for this, and I was like, you know what? 
and he, and he was like, you'd be in every show. And he was like, we have a, a belt called the Asylum Rules uh, or the Asylum uh, Championship where it's like the hardcore championship. And it was like tw- the 24 hours, uh, the 24-7 belt as well. Okay. So he was like, we have people like referees and ring announcers hold that belt all the time. So you could probably be a champion. And I was like, bro, I'm sold. Like, yep, if I can be a champion and a ring announce and be a part of the show, I'm, I'm going to do it. So uh, I I agreed to do it. And from there, he he started taking me to different independent shows through Den- throughout Denver throughout the next few months. Um, and then their show debuted June of uh, June 13th, 2008 was the first show that I was ever a part of as the, the ring announcer. And <laughs> I remember uh, and two uh, before that, too, he was like, you know, I can't pay you to to be the ring announcer, but I'll, I'll train you to wrestle if you're interested. And I was like, hell, yeah. So uh, he would, you know, teach me how to bump and, and things like that on the side while I was I was the ring announcer. But that first show, uh, the the. Battle Royal is, is over, and I, I bring the belt to the ring, and I give it to Trajan Ender, who won the the whole thing at the very end. Okay. And I remember giving him the belt, and I held his hand up, and I thought to myself immediately, I was like, "There is absolutely no way that I could do what these guys did." Like it was, it was the, one of the wildest, coolest things I'd, I'd ever seen up close and personal. And obviously, being the ring announcer, I had that front row seat. So. Right. Uh, so you said that you've been a fan since you were a kid. Yep. Um, do you have any particularly fond memories of wrestler entrance themes? So, uh, oh man, you know, a lot of them too, I mean, they, they, they did their job to invoke whatever emotions. So my first, my favorite wrestler was Brett the Hitman Hart. So Same. anytime, anytime Brett's music hit, it was me losing my mind. Yep. Um, Absolutely. and then on the flip side, if Yokozuna's music hit, or if like, the head shrinkers music hit. I I was like really worried about what the hell was about to happen. I was scared. Uh, so there were there were a bunch of different wrestlers and themes, you know, that that I did. But I think Bret Hart's music probably sticks out the most as the most emotion invoking uh, for me and my young wrestledom. Completely, wrestle I completely agree. It's the best. I wanted to be that kid that yelled Bret in the commercial. <laughs> I wish I was that kid. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, do you have a favorite live music performance from a wrestling show? Um, just to, when I, when I think about this, you know, like Motorhead playing Triple H to the ring. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> oh, I always liked the Insane Clown Posse whenever they sure. did their thing or whatever. But I think as far as like big stage musical performances, I, and a lot of people hate them, but I love Limp Bizkit. I've always loved Limp Bizkit. So whenever Limp Bizkit brought out like The Undertaker or right. they did their live stuff, I was always always a little more in tune to to, to watch them. Makes sense. Uh, do you have thoughts on what makes for a good entrance theme? So, so what I like, I kind of and I st- I kind of take my idea for from like Bret Hart. I think there has to be that like immediate grab when they hear that song, like and and kind of for them to have that oh shit moment. Um, even if they know that that person's coming, well, because nine times out of ten you don't know until they say your name. So you want that like oh shit feeling. Give it a minute to to build. I like I like to have a good you know ten to fifteen seconds for the music to build before you can come out of the curtain. You know what I mean? Yep, totally makes sense. So that's 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 what I look for. Something with high energy, something that will build the crowd, so you can make a big entrance and hopefully get get a you know get that pop. Right. Okay. Let's talk about some of the themes that you have used throughout the years in your career. Uh, we will go back to those Asylum Championship wrestling days. And you used a song called Undead by the Hollywood Undead. So that's definitely got oh, a that's man. definitely got a good feel to it um, for an entrance. Um, <laughs> it totally does. Like as a wrestler theme, it, it's got such a cool feeling. Like, and it has exactly that. So the beginning of it, it's got that before it's got about 10, 15 seconds before it hits that undead. You know, it like starts yelling. Right. Um, so it's, it fits the, that exact formula. So the old, and I used that, I used it once and one time only, and it was okay. my first wrestling match ever. Um, and I, I say that I've got two uh, first wrestling matches because one of them was under the pretense that I was a ring announcer facing a wrestler. So it was just me just getting my ass handed to me, you know. Uh, but then I had a, a debut match 
later uh, where I got to put on tights and I, or, and I and not wear a shirt and you know have my hair <laughs> slicked back and, and all of that. So uh, as the ring announcer, there was a storyline where one of the wrestlers was a friend of mine. He ended up leaving and then he came back as a heel and he had a, a female valet and uh, he ended up attacking me, which led to this where I challenged him for a match and then he beat me up. So I came out to the ring for that match <laughs> to that song. <laughs> so I am the I am the least intimidating guy on the card <laughs> by, by design because that's how the show is. And right. also as a physical specimen, no one should fear me as much as that song puts should put the fear into somebody who's about to be in a wrestling match. So that's great. For one, it was a little hard for maybe my first my first uh, theme, especially as you know, just as a, a ring announcer. Two, I didn't tell Brandon Bishop, uh, who was running music at the time, that it was not edited and needed to be edited, and we oh. were in a family show. And that song is really bad. And mm. he, uh, he he scolded me. He was like, "That song is never going to be played again at my." my shows I was like <laughs> my apologies i forgot so uh that was the the only time i used it but it was the very first entrance theme that i used whenever i when i came to the curtain and, and came to the ring that's great um, uh what did you use in asylum after that did you go to so then he had brandon would, would do highlight videos rather than releasing full matches he would just put out highlight videos from the shows okay and one of the one of the uh, songs that he would use in the highlight videos was Power Man 5000 Dangerous Go. Okay, we've and got I've like, actually got that one. So uh, I wasn't sure if that was that was there or not. So let's listen to a little bit of that. Yeah, super super simple to see, like what, like super easy to see why I would gravitate towards it. Sure. And Brandon had told me he was like, "I've got this song." He's like, "I think it would fit better than that Hollywood Undead song." And uh, he played it for me, and immediately, so the the first again, it was the first ten seconds of that song. It's just this, it, it and it reminded me of Bret Hart's theme, to where it's kind of got this like guitar riff type, like like. I don't know. I can't really explain the, the terminology <laughs> sure. for it, but it had this like guitar riff at the beginning, and I was like, "Oh man!" And then it then it's got that that build up to the before it's like dangerous go, you know. So it had that awesome build up. So uh, I heard the song, and I was like, "Holy shit, I love it!" And then that that actually became my my main theme music for uh, the rest of my uh, pretty much the rest of my Colorado career. Okay. Outside of a few promotions, which I will get to here. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I tend to associate you most with Danger Zone because so when I first became aware of you was I believe when you were with what was then NRW. Yep. New Revolution Wrestling. Um, and I believe you were using Dan the the original Kenny Loggins Danger Zone at that point, right? So. At that time, I think they used uh, the Kenny Loggins theme. God, it might have been in place because they, they didn't have my theme music or something. Oh, okay. So if, if I had used that original theme in NRW, it was it was uh, because I, I couldn't provide my own oh, okay. music. All so right. <laughs> they scrambled, and, and I shout out Kelly Dowdy because it was probably yeah. him bailing me out there. Uh, but – because of that, though, I had I had heard for years from other wrestlers. They're like, "Dude, why don't you come out to Danger Zone?" And uh, and a few of them would throw me like like metal versions of of the song, and none of them none of them really stuck. And I, I was just like, "I don't, I can't really." Uh, I was like, "I don't really like it." I kind of think I think the covers sound cheesier than the, the actual song sounded. Uh, so. I and, and there was a it, it, with the and I think I did use Dangerous Go a little bit in uh, in NRW. So it, it, it might have also been because they were transitioning into doing TV stuff. But then uh, Kelly Dowdy, again the master producer there at, at a Rocky Mountain Pro, um, he found a version of the song that I loved um, that he was able to work copyright um, issues around somehow. Okay. So that became uh, my theme, 
in Rocky Mountain Pro. And he put a little thing at the beginning of it where it was me, it was my voice from a promo saying, danger is go, you know, and then it would hit right. the, the danger zone music. Right. Let's, uh, let's listen to that cover. So from yes. what I was able to discern, that is by a band or an, it's, it's unclear to me whether it's a full band or if it's just an artist who uses like a name, it's called hollow drive. Yes. So, hollow um, drive. Uh, yeah, it, so. which it's it, that song, that theme. So when I had heard it, you know, and then I started, when I moved out to the, the Pacific Northwest and I, I had quit wrestling for a few years. Um, and I moved around, I left Colorado, I went to Florida, uh, came out here to, to Washington and uh, I wasn't wrestling anymore and didn't know if I wanted to. Actually, at the time, I didn't want to wrestle, but then ended up getting bit by the bug and fell into uh, just a great group of people. And uh, then I, w I w at first, you know, I brought in the Dangerous Go music, but then the more I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in Colorado. I'm not with the wrestling fan base that I grew up with, essentially, or that grew up with me. Uh and so that song, I think I was like, I think I could, I could, I should probably cater more to the danger thing than, than the, the Power Man 5000. So I sure. ended up um, really like, and again, I, I love that cover of, <laughs> of Danger Zone. So I actually have adapted, adopted that as my, that is now the, the theme that you'll pretty much hear me come out to that okay. version too. And because it is not easy to find. <laughs> so I ended no, up, it's uh, not. the version the version that I send around is a version that I ripped off of, uh, off of YouTube that I, you know, edited some things up, but, uh, that's, that's where I ended up finding it. I'm not even nice. sure where you found. Uh, I also did find it. I also found it off YouTube. Um, you did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, so there's a, there's a video. So producer Katie, Kelly Dowdy, uh, has a highlight video out there for you that uses the song. Um, yep. and then somehow I sort of like, I don't know if I don't know how I did it, but I like spun that on a in a in a YouTube search, and ended up finding like an actual version of their version of the song, um, which like has like a blue. It's just like a blue screen with sort of a mock ton, Top Gun logo. Okay. And I ripped it from that. So. No, I think I think I took it from the same one. Okay. To be honest with you, yeah. I think I ripped it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I cut off just just to where it's just the. Like it's got a, a little bit of noise at the beginning, but I just I just cut it out and ramped it right before it goes into the you know right, right. the part you would recognize it from yeah. if you were listening to the, the real one. Right. Um. So I'm gonna this next one I'm gonna play. I found it was associated with your NRW entrance video, and I don't know if this was something that they were using around that time that they were going to TV, maybe before producer KD had gotten that uh that clearance on that cover of Danger Zone. It's it's a stock it's kind of a stock royalty free song called Let It Go. I'd love to hear it, yeah. Oh yeah, I complete that's crazy. Just hearing it like <laughs> brought back memories. So it was, it was definitely in that transition period. He couldn't use Dangerous Go, but he found a song that kind of sounded like it. Right. And so that's that's what he found. Holy shit, that's funny. I that's completely great. forgot about that song. That is crazy. What's the artist on that? Did it uh, it's say? it just says it's so when I found it. It just says "Let It Go," and the the artist is labeled as Extreme Music. That I think it's is... just one of those kind of those kind of the like stock, stock music yeah. shops that just kind of like put stuff out and you know. Oh wow, that's awesome! Cheap found that. That is cool as shit. Right. <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, so you have also worked in my favorite local Denver promotion, which is Lucha Libre and Laughs. Yes. Um, I am a big fan. I've been to probably I've been, probably been to more LLL shows than I have anybody else in Denver. Yeah, um, they're amazing. Man. They're I mean... they're it's such a it's such a blast. Those crowds are so great. Um, and I found two unique themes that you have used in 
Lucha Libre and Laughs. The first one, and I I only found one match where you used it, and that was against Kikutaro. Uh, of course, everybody's favorite, formerly Ebison of Japan. Um, yes. One of the greatest comedy wrestlers of all time. He's fucking amazing. Yep. <laughs> you used a song for your entrance called Press Gang by the Murder City Devils. So that that was an interesting one. I really like the way that that kind of it's got like that kind of creepy opening. Um, and I remember you like in the video that I was watching, you can't you come out to that and it's 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 pretty dope. So I'm going to be completely honest. When it came to LLL, um, I didn't choose any of my own music okay. there. So that was I'm assuming that that was a Nick Gosser choice. That makes sense. But uh, I, it's weird because, again, it's one of those ones I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I do remember hearing that. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and it's, totally, and it's one of those two, like, I didn't know what he was going to play. He just told me, you know, I really didn't know. So, and I'm sure we'll get to it here in just a sec, but I uh, I never really knew what I was coming out to as far okay. as, like, uh, as the artist. But, I yeah, I, uh, I tried to play, too, what the music is because the music, again, it's that first initial feel of who you're about to see. So, um, I'm sure I came out and I grabbed my genitals or did something uh, weird. I think you might have. It was yeah, it was very swaggery. Like... Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the next one um, was sort of the theme of a a faction that w existed in Lucha Libre and laughs for a little bit called the Denim Club. Can you yeah, kind of the... give us who who all the members of the Denim Club were? So the Denim Club was uh, uh, Ian Douglas Terry's idea, which was fucking great. But uh, yeah, so it was, it was me, Ian Douglas Terry, and we were the first two that debuted, but the idea had kind of brewed before. Um, and then the the other wrestling uh, member of that was uh, Sammy Six Guns Jr., mm -hmm. a.k.a. Dak Draper from uh, Ring of Honor. That's right. And then... Uh, we were, uh, our tag team name together was Dangerously Handsome. And then, uh, <laughs> then we had the Polish <laughs> Prince to, to cap off that ragtag motley crew that, uh, became the Denim Club. Denim Club for life. Dude, it was, <laughs> that was so much fun. It went like, I, and I had, I hadn't really met Ian before. And, okay. Uh, he just had this idea and, and ran it by me and, and he's like, we all were Denim denim and i was like okay i'll get denim vests and i ended up actually kind of adopting the denim stuff through my other through the other promotions so i would go to like uh rocky mountain pro and then i would have my denim duster so the denim club kind of you know rode with me through the the rest of my career uh while i was living in colorado right and the theme that you guys used um actually has a sort of wrestling connection let's listen to this real quick So that is Ebola Rama, which is a fantastic title, um, by Every Time I Die, which I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast will know. Uh, their guitarist, Andy Williams, is also known as The Butcher, and he wrestles for AEW. Uh, absolute right. dream guest of this show. So I'd love to have him so, one day. This is that's another one. I, I He's another one. That's, I just love him, too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't see. I bet he would. Right. <laughs> I, I wish I could make some calls. If I can make some calls, man, that'd be on the phone. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. No, so that's another one that I, I can't take credit for. Uh and I actually did not know that that was uh his band um until you said that. Um but that was uh Ian Douglas Terry was like, I've got this song I think we should come out to. And hundred percent the reason why he chose it was because the the you know band member was a. Uh, a wrestler that's absolutely sure. absolutely why that's awesome see so we're we're learning things about ourselves at, at the same time <laughs> there you go there you <laughs> go um did you have any other themes that you've used throughout throughout the years no those were those were 
pretty much it. Now, I always had this dream of uh, after uh, Dangerous Go, when I turned heel, that my theme music would then be Kesha, blah, 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 which um, <laughs> I, I never came to fruition. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that it did. But. Okay, so that you, I think you may have already answered this then. Um, I so my the final question that I ask all of my guests is what I call the Tony Khan proposition, which you know as of late Tony Khan has been spending a lot of money on rights for songs. You know he got the Pixie song for Orange Cassidy. Um, he tr- apparently tried to get Jane for him, but Jefferson Starship wouldn't wouldn't call him back. Um, and so like the Tony Khan proposition is, if money and rights were absolutely no object, what would be your dream entrance song? Would it be that Kesha song? No. Okay. I'm gonna now, and, and I don't know how much it fits the character, but I would have to make it work. But if they were flipping for the the, the rights to songs, and I'm jumping on it, I'm gonna. I think because of the name and all of that, I'm I'm gonna go with Mystical Danger. Oh, <laughs> that is absolutely perfect. Now I don't know how I'd work the gimmick. Uh, you you figure out a way. Work. You'd, yeah. you'd figure out a way. It would make it work. Yep. All right. Um, that's all I've got. That's the that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for being on the show, Danger Dean. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Oh, thank you so much for having me, man. I I, I appreciate it. Uh, this has been awesome. So you can find me on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. All of my handles are the same. It's at the Danger Dean. Awesome. Uh, and if you're in the Pacific Northwest, see if you can find him at a wrestling show. I know uh, you've been wrestling for 5CC Wrestling the last few months. Yep, 5CC Make- Wrestling. Uh, I've got some uh, shows with SOS Pro Wrestling coming up, um, kind of a newer promotion. Uh, so, And then I'm working some stuff with Spokane and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to trying to carve a little path here in the, in the PNW for, for old danger Dean. That's great. Uh, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Hit my music is a proud member of the soon to be named network. You can find a variety of podcasts at soon to be named network.com, including add outs with wrestling. We need wrestling long box heroes and more. You can follow the show at hit my music pod on Twitter, and you can email the show at hit my music at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to my Patreon at patreon.com slash jinglemeister. The theme song for Hit My Music is Contract Killer by me, the Jinglemeister. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.